Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to Bundesliga for Beginners, the Bundesliga podcast for beginners. You should hopefully know the drill by now. I'm Jamie Smith, I'm your co-host, along with Kevin DeVries, who you'll know from the EPL Roundtable, that's on the same channel that we are on. Jim Knight is with us as well, you'll know Jim from the EPL shows, I'm sure, and our Bundesliga expert is John McKenzie. Uh, a lot to get through this week, so let's not hang around doing small talk. We'll start with the first game of the weekend, Friday night, Freiburg v Gladbach, another of our intrapod derby games. Um, John, kick us off with this one, what did you make of the game? Yeah, there was a game that I said that I wasn't really looking forward to um, in our preview of it, um, partly because the first result this season between the two teams was 4-2 in favour of Gladbach. Uh, and Gladbach have got a team that are playing really quite um, impressive football, it, particularly um, when it comes to sort of breaking down teams who sit back. There's, um, I think they're, they're very good at sort of controlling space and moving um, de- defences around. Uh, and when I saw that the that Freiburg were, were going out in their four four two formation, which has been a bit too static in the past, I was a little bit nervous. But um, it was one of those games where um, it, it sort of went Freiburg's way very much. That um, they managed to keep um, Gladbach out um, in terms of scoring. They had the, the, uh, Gladbach, I thought, had a really quite strong first half. Uh, but there was then that red card to Alessandro Plier. Um, and after that had happened, um, uh, Freiburg really got into the game and it was uh, down to Nils Pettersson, the, the, the sort of stalwart centre-forward finishing from a free kick, uh, a lovely header into the far corner and uh, and, and that was job done. Um, so yeah, it was uh, from the perspective of a Freiburg supporter, it was, it was a, a really exciting game that I enjoyed um, quite a lot. Yeah, and a, a rare home win, we've talked about home wins on the show being unusual since the restart and how that one played out. Jim, we've talked about Gladbach and consistency. Is that just what went wrong here? Just not managing to produce the sort of form that we've seen in some of the other games? Yeah, I think so. Um, Gladbach created plenty of chances and didn't really, well, they didn't take any of them. I think they they could look back on that game and be pretty disappointed that they haven't got themselves in front, particularly with the first half chances. Um, and then obviously when player goes off, things get a lot more difficult. And then a uh, player gets himself sent off and then Freiburg score almost immediately after that. And it's just an uphill battle. Um, I think on the XG count, watching Gladbach won um, that particular battle. Not that it means anything if you don't actually put the ball in the back of the net. But I think it shows that they created sufficient enough opportunities to be really, really disappointed that I didn't take anything from the game. Um, obviously, now players going to be suspended as well. So it kind of adds another issue into that um, given how well he and Taram have, have partnered up in the past which is something we spoke about on the last show and yeah by Leverkusen now kind of breathing down Mushin Gladbach's neck for that fourth spot and things are suddenly starting to look a little bit tricky for the for the final Champions League spot so it, it could be quite a nail-biting end to the season for Mushin Gladbach and I don't think in a good way if they keep playing like that. Yeah it's a, it's a strange one because it was so dangerous in some of the games that we've seen like beating Union Berlin 4-1, but it's two games in three without a goal now. Like you say, it's so tight for those Champions League places. Gladbach really quite lucky that Leipzig dropped points as well. They drew 1-1 at home to Paderborn, who scored really late to to rescue a draw out of that one. But we'll move on to the Leverkusen game now that Jim was mentioning. Leverkusen beaten at home by Bayern Munich. Kev, this was a strange old game because everything started really well for Leverkusen. Yeah, so um, <laughs> we were kind of talking in the WhatsApp chat. For for the first, like, 30 minutes of the match, it was entirely in transition. Nobody had the ball for longer than, like, 10 seconds at any given time. It was just constant sprinting back and forth to both ends. Um, one of those ended up being very fruitful uh, for Bayer Leverkusen, who 
uh, scored through Lucas Alaria, who, who scored a really nice near post finish uh, past Neuer. Questions about an offside. The commentators seemed very confused here in the States. Also, interestingly, just because we've talked about some of the audio issues before about uh, crowd noise, which I did have again, the commentators were about a, a second or two late compared to the action, which actually is really jarring. Uh, and confusing while things are happening, especially in that instance, because they were like, well, it looks like he was offside because the flag had gone up. And they were like talking about how he was being offside, prevented the goal while they're celebrating. Anyway, just very odd. But uh, yeah, ended up. I, mean, I actually prefer it when the commentators say what's happening before it's happened. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the surprise. Yeah. I just know what's coming. <laughs> I believe that the reason why that happens is because the commentate the commentary team will have been commentating from home, which is where you yeah. get the yeah. big lag from, rather They're than going into a studio. Well. So I'm sure that's what the explanation was. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Still sucks. Well, um, <laughs> one of them. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, it, it was a very promising start. Then there were a couple of other early chances for Leverkusen as well. Um, so I was actually starting to feel pretty confident. And then um Bayern Munich did that thing that they do where they're like, oh, this goal switch. Uh, first one, Kingsley Coman came from just a, a really silly error by uh, Diaby in, in midfield, which, as we were also talking about in the chat, uh, not a central midfielder. And that's sure where he was when he lost the ball. And so they were in transition yet again, moving the other way. I still think maybe somebody should have stayed home because uh, then it was a pretty easy uh, pass into Coman, who just ran in free at a really... Uh, professional finish if you'll pardon the cliche uh around Hideki who up until that point had already made a couple of really big saves and I think in my notes I'd written down is Hideki the best goalkeeper in the world uh <laughs> tongue-in-cheek way uh turned out to not be the case later in the match um then obviously the Goretzka goal right before half um really just put a damper on things then Gnabry and Lewandowski get in on the act um, I'm sure we'll touch on uh, Mueller here in a second, but he hits the 20 assist mark, which is the first time somebody in Europe has done that since, uh, was it De Bruyne at one of the W clubs that I definitely get wrong Wolfsburg. if I took a guess at? Yeah, Wolfsburg. Yep. Um, then, yeah, Wurtz gets a, a nice little goal at the end. Um, thought he had taken too much time, but cuts it back onto his left and curls it past Neuer. <laughs> Fantastic effort from him. Um, no, we've talked about him before in that first show, I think it was. Um, but yeah, to, to just be 17 and have that kind of composure in the penalty area with defenders all around you, just trying to find the right way to, to get that ball out from under you, I thought was really impressive from him. Conversely, was really disappointed with Diaby, who a couple of weeks ago, I confused uh, between Mane and Sané, who I was actually trying to talk about. Uh, but if you'll forgive me going into the pacey winger cliches, <laughs> actually this week reminded me a lot more of um, Raheem Sterling at City pre-Pep Guardiola where it just seemed like he would constantly get in dangerous positions and then every single time make the wrong choice. Uh, Aaron yeah. Lennon, kind of an earlier version of that as well. Um, <laughs> because he constantly got in the box and then did the wrong thing. Multiple times trying to take a shot from the most acute of angles when there are players that he could have laid the ball across to. Then the one time he actually laid the ball across, he probably should have taken it and the ball didn't even make it over to the striker. And it, it was just a very infuriating performance from him. So to go from seeing him on the left being all frustrating, although I think he switched over to the right for a period. Um, when Verts came on, he just genuinely looked the better of the two, which is surprising considering the high praise I'd given Diaby in the past. But yeah, I guess these are things we'll just have to work through as, as uh, Bayer Leverkusen fans, of which I am obviously a very devoted part. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Diaby was just in infuriating to watch on the day. Yeah, he seemed to just have... A lot of shots, none of which were very good. At some point, you think one of his teammates gone, look, mate, maybe pass the ball. <laughs> well, I think that's what happened. And then he passed it in an opportunity where he should have shot it. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Poss probably a confidence thing about that point, isn't it? You've made so many bad decisions. Um, worth pointing out on Verts became the youngest Bundesliga goalscorer yeah. in history, which I was really surprised at because we keep talking about the Bundesliga being great for young players, but like, 17 something which obviously isn't very old but we're used to the premier league seeing 16 year olds like wayne rooney or whoever exploding onto the scene so i was surprised that it was he's as old as he is the old 17 year old um jim <laughs> will bring you back in like kept saying it was such an open game one of the most entertaining i think i've seen since the restart um but Leverkusen seems to just really play into Bayern's hands by making it so open let them have so much space 
it, it just seemed a bit naive. Yeah, it's um, it was a bold approach. And for a time, it looked like it might pay off about 18 minutes. Um, and then Bayern just seemed to wake up. The, the problem is that even if you go one nil up in that kind of situation, Bayern have just got this, this overdrive that no one seemingly can match. And they can just put in this consistent spell of like 20 or 30 minutes and just take the game away from you completely. So it's, it's a weird one because if you're... Leverkusen you either need to kind of shut things down and hope to soak up the pressure and hit them on the break or whatever and then try and defend a lead um or you need to stand toe to toe with them a lot of the time and it's a bit similar to kind of when people are talking about how to beat Liverpool for example people are saying you've got to go toe to toe with them you've got to try and beat fire with fire and it's like well, that's quite a difficult thing to do when you're talking about one of the best teams in Europe that have just got a million different goal scorers and Thomas Muller just reinventing himself in this assist machine role that he's gone through. Also, how insane is it that Muller's the first player to hit 20 uh, assists in a top flight league in uh, in Europe, despite the fact that Bundesliga have fewer games per season than basically yeah, everywhere else who has also, 20 teams. That's I thought Otzel had passed that the year he finished top in assists at Arsenal. I mean, 20 is a hell of a lot. Like, you I can't remember that many players that have ever got 20. So yeah. it, it, it's, it's possible that he did. But I just think it's incredible that Muller's managed to do it, not only in a shorter season compared to the vast majority of the, the teams and players he's competing against, but also he's done it 30 games into a season. He's not even needed the extra eight um, to, to get there. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he he ends up at the end of the season in terms of the assist number, because I suggest that that number might well stand for a very, very long time for the um, the most assists, certainly in Bundesliga history, I guess, let alone the top five leagues, unless I'm not remembering someone that's already got an insane amount already, but it seems unlikely given that he's, he's uh, into 20 already with eight games to go. It is. There's not even eight games, because it's like four or five, I think. Oh, of course, well, that's yeah. that's me confusing with the Premier League numbers because I'm thinking games, 38 so. games. Yeah, of course, and they've only got 18 yeah. teams. So, yeah. And he's actually going to be suspended for the next game against your Gladbach bodies, <laughs> along with Lewandowski. You're welcome. Is- we might have a chance now. Yeah, that's <laughs> okay. uh, interesting. Clearly, also, uh, didn't, didn't fancy that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> did look it up and also had 19 that season. So. Uh, there you go. Still a lot. The crazy thing with Muller, for me, and we're going to come on to some of the other records that Bayern are chasing for in a couple of minutes, but the crazy thing is, like, I don't think he's seen as a super creative player. Like, if you talk to someone yeah. about Tom McMuller, they'll talk about like the scrappy goals or his positional sense. They won't necessarily think of him being like an Ozil, a De Bruyne, a James Rodriguez, like a classic creative number 10. Um John, the reinvention of Muller then seems to be one of the real plus points for, for Bayern this season. But this was just another game where they just had extra gears, extra quality, really showed the golfing class between Bayern and the rest of the league. Yeah, I've got a few things, I guess I would say, um, in, in this regard. The, the the first thing is is that we've seen this shift, I think, in, in certain elite teams where um, you're seeing a lot of the creativity coming from further back in the in the the team than you might necessarily expect. So we've seen Liverpool obviously using their fullbacks uh, far more atta- in a far more attacking sense. And at Bayern Munich, you've basically got you've I mean you've got Leon Goretzka, who's who many people consider a, a hugely um, productive uh, central midfielder, playing in a double pivot with Joshua Kimmich, who I mean we saw him score that goal against against Dortmund as well. But the the passing um, superiority that that the Bayern are looking for for creativity is coming from it's coming from Kimmich, it's coming from David Alaba as well at the back. Um, and then they obviously have their really quick um, fullbacks as well, both of whom can get down size and, and, and offer support. And I think that's what we're seeing in elite football now is that um, you, you're, look, you're not looking to have creativity necessarily coming from um, uh, the, the middle of the part like you used to have. Um, you're looking for taller, more athletic players. You're looking at players like Lewandowski uh, and Muller, who you can, who who are sort of aerially superior, who can do stuff in, in the air as well. And then you're relying on getting those um uh, the 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 crosses in from from out wide or from from the central areas through your your centre backs or your your midfielders. So I think that's one thing that 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 should be said here. That said obviously Muller is producing a lot of um, assists this season. And I, th- I think it's partly for that reason. There, there's obviously the the fact that he's being played in a, a 
slightly different position as well. He was being played out wide for most of his career, uh, but now he's being played in a sort of 10 slash sort of advanced eight position uh, and that's changed things the other thing to remember is that this Bayern team are scoring an average of three go- three goals a game which just means that if you are able to to be a creative player like Muller is then you um you just go, got so, to go around yeah, yeah exactly yeah and which is why we're seeing Lewandowski uh, about to or potentially about to break records as well um so I think it's just a combination of those two things yeah, well, Lewandowski was going to be my next point. Um, it might be that his suspension for the Gladbach game proves crucial individually. Um, Kev, you're a stats guy. Lewandowski's been chasing down Gerd Muller's Bundesliga record, 40 in a season, Muller scored. It looks like Lewandowski's going to have a lot to do because he's on 30 now and he's only going to play three more games. Um, but Bayern also could set a record for the most goals scored in a Bundesliga season. So we could be looking at this Bayern team as as a historically good Bundesliga team. Yeah, it's obviously incredible that, that Bayern Munich have been playing this well. And I also think it's a big testament. We mentioned him a few weeks ago, but but to the change that Hansi Flick brought since he came in, they were obviously already succeeding, but uh, now doing it at just a ridiculous pace. That pace will probably be harmed, though, like you said. I mean, both in terms of them trying to chase all-time goals with Lewandowski and uh, Müller, who we keep talking about, um, without them generating the attack, you know, it's, it's less likely that either Lewandowski can get his personal goals, obviously, but um, that, the, that the club as a whole could reach that point. But regardless, I mean, it doesn't have to be a record-breaking Bayern team to be an incredible Bayern team or one of the best teams in Bundesliga history. They just happen to also be within touching distance of that. And it is really frustrating, especially this weekend after having them watch it, watching them beat Bayer Leverkusen. And I don't know if you guys remember, in the first show, I kind of talked about this, that one of the reasons I always found it difficult to get invested in the Bundesliga is just like, by how much is Bayern going to obliterate everyone? Uh, and they're well on their way to doing it again. But you, you obviously have to just applaud what they're able to do. Maybe not the way <laughs> that they do it with the buying of other uh, Bundesliga talents and kind of keeping everybody else below them. But we've talked about that, and I'm sure we'll talk about that in, in more depth in the future. But yeah, even if they fall short of all of those marks, an incredible season, and they still might not. It just they are a little bit uh, behind the pace now, probably with, with the uh, suspensions to Lewandowski and to Müller. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a matter of if, not when. They're still sat on a seven-point gap with just four games to go. Um, so it might be that these records focus Speaking of which, when Dortmund Bayern. won, here in the States, the commentator said the title race is still well and truly on. <laughs> it was like, ah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's very much media trying to keep in touch. <laughs> it was such a shame, wasn't it, that Dortmund couldn't get a result in the Classic. I think everyone wants to see a title race. And I felt a bit down after that because it was like, oh, we're doing a Bundesliga podcast and the title race is already over. But I have really enjoyed watching Bayern. They're an extremely fun team to watch. I think Kimmich is an absolute superstar. I'm so excited to see how his career develops. It's easy to forget that he's still really young. Um, so, yeah, a bit of a shame that the excitement is going to be the relegation battle, the race for Champions League places, but Bayern, absolutely superb. Um hats off to them not that i'm wearing a hat uh next part of the show then uh we're gonna do a quiz this week i'm sure everyone in lockdown around the world has been doing multiple quizzes um someone sent me a bundesliga quiz so i was like this looks fun let's do this on the show Um, i've already done the quiz so the benchmark i've set is eight out of ten and we're just supposed to trust that in There's this no economy? way I'm getting 8 out of 10. I'm just putting that out there now. <laughs> I haven't heard the questions yet. Are they, are they, are they unless, unless they are who is going to win this season's title, there's no way I'm getting 8, and that is only one of the possible answers that I would... Well, we actually had to... The clue that I'll give you is that neither of the clubs that you now support are the answers, because originally we had Gladbach as a question. I was like, that's not really fair, because Jim will definitely get that one. <laughs> you uh, give me way too much credit there, to be fair. Like, that could <laughs> Really, well, he saved your blushes, if anything. Yeah, absolutely. I'm delighted because it means I've got an out for not getting a question right because that would have been yeah. super embarrassing. I can actually prove that I got 8 out of 10 because John has seen me reacting on... Someone sent it through Facebook and I sent the answers back. So John can prove it. Um, and Johnny's going to be quiz master, so hopefully he's got the questions in front of him. I do indeed. Take it away. Let's do the quiz. 
we're going to work you, our way through these questions then, and then we'll do the answers, we'll do the the answers end, right? at the end. Yeah, I should have explained how we're going to do it. So, Kev and Jim, write down your answers somewhere on oh, no. paper or whatever. Oh, how will should you check? Can I just lie? Warning. Well, I think we, we just trust each other, don't we? All right. <laughs> I thought I'd come last on a quiz on Friday. I was absolutely devastated. It turned out the one person who was supposed to be above me just lied about his score. Well, I wasn't actually <laughs> last. Um, so moral of the story, don't lie about your score. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you act like an adult, Kev, we will yeah. treat you like an adult. So play along at home and we'll have the answers. Play along at home, we'll have the answers at the end of the show. John, take it away. Okay, so here we go. This is the first question. The Olympia Stadion is the ground of which Bundesliga team? I got that one right. I'm just going to say that for eight. You can do that eight times. (laughs) (laughs) Might get annoyed. Okay, ready for question two? God, Bayern Munich have won the Bundesliga Championship 29 times. Who is the second most frequent winner? Oh, yeah, this is definitely a trap, but okay. (laughs) <laughs> it's a trap. I didn't get this one right, by the way. So Damn. That's one of the three. Question three. Schalke are from which city? Oh, I know this one because I asked why they had that letter in their thing. Yeah. Fans of the show will remember that we were asking <laughs> if the G is for Gazprom. No. <laughs> it is not, turns out. Definitely begins with a G then. Yeah, way to give it away, Jamie. Question four. Which ground in the Bundesliga is the largest in terms of capacity? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Lots of quiet studiousness here, so we can only imagine that <laughs> good answers are being Jamie, got. you got eight of these? Absolutely I not. may You're have genuinely gotten four wrong already. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we do the we do the show on Skype, and I can see that Jim's muted himself, which I can only assume is because he's tapping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just cursing myself for rather than cheating. Question five, I think, because I don't have the numbers down. But what? Which cl- club has a live goat for a mascot? I give you a clue here. the The German nickname for this club is Die Geisbocker. Oh, that, that means, that's not a clue if you don't speak German. The goat. The goat. I've actually seen. Have they been allowing the goat in? Or is the goat like having to socially distance? The the goat is currently, I believe, being looked after by a zoo. Hmm. It's always but the I, same goat. Okay. It, yeah. It, so the the current goat is called Hannes the Sixth or something like that. I believe. Something like that. I, 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 we need to check up on that. But For those are like American I actually sports. Think he's, the University of Georgia Bulldog, same thing, where it's just a lineage <laughs> of Bulldogs forever. I, I, am, I, have a re, I have a feeling that he's not even being isolated because of coronavirus, but because of some other um, illness that he's Reality. had that he's recovering from. So there right. you go. Well, hopefully the goat gets better soon. Shall yeah. we carry on? Do <laughs> <laughs> well soon, goat. Question six is how many consecutive league titles have Bayern Munich won? That's not including the current one because they haven't won it yet. (laughs) Haven't they? Question seven is, in which year was the Bundesliga founded? So I'm looking for specifically the first year that the Bundesliga was played in. Oh, no. Jesus. This is terrible. I could could be 25, 30 years off on that. I've got no clue. Jamie just flexing on us. We had to slot that one in because the question was about the cardboard cutouts. Um. And I was like, 
you might both remember that, but it's about Jim's club, so it wasn't really fair. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's that's the one that we slotted in there. Question eight is Jurgen Klopp started his managerial career by taking which club to the Bundesliga for the first time in its history? Oh my God. We're so beginners. If anything, this (laughs) proves that our name is accurate. (laughs) So even though we might fail, it'll be in a way that proves the concept of the show. I'll give you a clue on this one. They are still in the Bundesliga. Ooh. That narrows it down. Ah, Question nine: Which Bundesliga club did Kevin Keegan play for in the nineteen seventies and uh, and eighties? I believe actually. And then question ten: How many teams compete in the Bundesliga? <laughs> well, I got that wrong in our first episode, but <laughs> hopefully, I've learned <laughs> by a couple now. of the questions that do refer to to things that we've talked about on the show before, so. Hopefully the guys will at least get those right. <laughs> That's a really bad sign, I think. Uh, mm. So yeah, we'll do the, the answers to those questions towards the end of the show. We do have a tiebreaker in case nobody got any right. Or... <laughs> <laughs> Big <laughs> zeros, all right. <laughs> or in case they got all of them right. You never it's know. It's not that one. Um, <laughs> so we'll go back to the show now. We'll talk briefly about the bottom of the table. Big weekend at the bottom of the league. It's getting really tight down there with only a handful of games to go. Mines 2-0 winners at Eintracht Frankfurt. Massive result for them. And Fortuna Dusseldorf got a point at home to Hoffenheim to keep them in it. Um, we were going to talk about Schalke, but they got, they got a draw. They a got a one draw. One draw. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's 12 games without a win now for oh. David Wagner's Schalke. John, we've talked about this on the show before. The, the pressure on him must be building and building. They're probably far enough clear to not be worried about the drop. It's 10 points, isn't it? So they're almost mathematically safe. But the form before the break and since the break, it's just been dreadful. Yeah, I don't have the figures to hand, but they've, they've barely picked up anything since they've since they started uh, again. Um, and I think there, there is very much a drop off after uh, the, the Hinrunde, which is the first round of the of the Bundesliga fixtures. Now we're in the Rookrunde, the, the second half, and uh, it's just it's, it's come off the rails a little bit. I was doing a little bit of research looking at the underlying numbers and Schalke have got the, the second lowest XG total for the season so far, which is really quite impressively bad. Now, it, it it is the case that David Wagner, I think, has has barely ever had a season with a club where they've ended up with um, positive goal difference. So there's clearly an issue with creativity when it comes to Wagner's teams. And I think it's, it's a bit of a shame because I think we, there's no danger this team were ever going to go down, I think, after the first half of the season. And um, there was very much a danger with the run of form that they've had that the Wagner's going to lose his job. I don't think that there is going to be that sort of patience with him um, that he he might be expecting. Um, Schalke, as we've mentioned last week, is the they're the sort of the third biggest team in in Germany in terms of the fan base, and that, that fan base has an expectation that um, the manager of that club will get them challenging for Champions League spots. So, I, I think the best chance that he had really was to come out in the in the the remainder of the games after they sort of made it impossible that the Champions League spots were, were sort of out of their reach. I think he should have just come out and tried to be uh, more expressive, more um, uh, creative in terms of um, the football that they were playing. But it just hasn't been the case at all. Now there is, like, as you said, there's a huge amount of pressure on him as, as a result of all of these various facts. But it does seem as though he's just going to be let go and will become, become another casualty of uh, this period in Schalke's history where they're being run quite badly by the board and it's the managers who are getting the blame for it. Yeah, it's certainly one to keep an eye on. Um, Padamon got a point, but I think everyone thinks it's probably too late for them. They've got 20 and it's 11 points to above the, the relegation playoff place. So they're almost done, um, but very, very tight. Above that, Fortuna Dusseldorf still 16th, which is relegation playoff place, and then three points above them. Mines, Augsburg, Union only a point above them. Um, my Augsburg game was pretty dull um, until the last few minutes when things started happening. Um, Kev, I think you were going to grill me on Augsburg, so I was paying very <laughs> close attention in case you had questions that I couldn't answer. John yeah, yeah. asks questions. Don't ask questions? Well, that's going to make this very <laughs> awkward. Uh, no, like Augsburg John aren't great. Questions. How about that? We'll stick with statements, <laughs> and then you can react to it. Um, obviously, you've mentioned on past shows uh, that you haven't quite fallen in love with the Bundesliga club that was chosen for you or that you chose. Um, 
we, we were talking about the uh, front line a little bit there in the WhatsApp chat earlier. And so I was just wondering, thus far, what about them has been so disillusioning to have you just outright <laughs> insult the club that you allegedly pseudo support well, on the show? Far be it for me to argue with a flowchart, which, as we know, all silence. <laughs> <laughs> you can't argue against Fallshot. Firstly, they don't seem to win any games. They've won one since the restart, and that was against Schalke, which, as I say every week, doesn't count because everyone beat Schalke. <laughs> they don't seem to score any goals either. Uh, mentioned the, the chap, Nida Lechner, on the show last time out. He's got 11 goals in the Bundesliga this year, apparently. I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I do not believe this guy scored 11 goals. He seems absolutely hopeless. Um had a couple of chances today. Didn't look like he was going to score. Had a penalty save. Timo Holm had a very good penalty save, to be fair, having given the penalty away himself. But he just looks absolutely rubbish. Um, at one bright point, the commentator was saying uh, Finn Bogerson came on, a guy whose name I recognise, Iceland international. Apparently, he's one of Eichberg's better players. Uh, he's been injured. He came off the bench uh, and helped them to look a bit more lively. But... It says a lot that the equaliser came um, from the left-back, Philip Max, who's probably Augsburg's better play- best player. Yeah, he's um, up he's there in like, the, uh, like crossing charts, for sure. Yeah, he's really dangerous. Sets all the set pieces. Set pieces weren't great today, um, but he's a threat, and he gets in the box like he did for the equaliser today. Uh, seven or eight Bundesliga goals this season. I think he's up there with the top-scoring defenders in the league. and he seems to be their main chance of scoring a goal at the moment, which isn't really what you want from a defender. So I think we'll we'll leave Eidsberg there, hopefully forever, <laughs> because I'm growing to absolutely hate them. It looks but like they are going to stay, stay up, up, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think um, gives you another season to hate them a bit more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not football unless you really hate that the team you support. Is it? That's like half the point of it. And when they do something good, it's surprising and you like it more um the next thing we're going to talk about is Timo Werner a couple of weeks ago I think it was we talked about Timo Werner signing for Liverpool and where he was going to fit in whoops turns out he's not signing for Liverpool <laughs> came out this week this is all not official yet but seems to have been leaked from one side both side um however but it seems like he's going to Chelsea instead um John, do you think this is a better move for Timo Werner than than Liverpool? It, it seems like it's Liverpool who decided not to pull the trigger. Yeah, it's really interesting, this one. I think um, we, we're sort of blithely going on about our lives, just assuming that everything's going to go back to normal in terms of elite football. But this very much um, throws a spanner in the works of that. And it, uh, it really made me wonder what we're going to see in terms of the powerhouses after you know, the coronavirus has sort of uh, died down a little bit, because the option to buy um, Tino, Timo Werner would normally have been taken by Liverpool, I think, no, no questions asked. Um, but it turns out that they... Uh, are claiming that they don't have the money to do it um, and Chelsea are coming in for him. So I wonder whether or not we're going to see um, a, a rise in some of the, the maybe the oligarch-owned football clubs who have um, less of, a, of an issue, I suppose, than, than maybe a, a, um, a club owned by someone like FSG. Um, but that's a different question entirely. Um, I think that it's going to be really interesting to see what happens at Chelsea next season. I think they're, they're obviously a club in transition. They've got a young manager who... And um, not everyone is convinced is going to be the greatest manager of all time. Um, and they're making a lot of moves in the transfer market this 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 window. So I think it's um it's going to be a fascinating to see how they actually turn out. Whether or not you go down the route of bringing in a huge amount of uh, of players and talent, and and whether or not he can get them to to all perform together at the same time. We saw from this season's uh, showing that Chelsea are going to be extremely exciting in attacking situations, but defensive transitions, they're going to look quite, um, they're going to look quite open, I think. Um, and it will be, it's going to be the case that they're just going to have a huge, we're talking about obviously Ziyech as well from, from Ajax. They're going to be a tremendously exciting attacking team. And, and Werner is just going to add to that as well. He's going to give them a huge amount of pace, either through the middle or down the, down the wings as well, if he's needed. So um, I, I'm interested to see whether or not they can uh, fix problems, maybe in terms of the, defensive side of the team than rather than the attacking side of the team but it, it does suggest that Chelsea are going to be able to start challenging at the top of the table a little bit more because they're bringing in so much talent yeah I think it's a, a better move for Werner I mean when we talked about the Liverpool move we were thinking is like, he going to fit in the play? team is it 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, is he just going to be cover across the front line? And then obviously there'll be rotation. I think it's African Nations, isn't it, this season? And I think they've moved it back to January, I think. So Mane and Salah might be missing for a few weeks in the middle of the season. So I think with all those things in mind, Timo Werner going to Chelsea instead seems to make a lot more sense. Um, Jim, something I was reading this week actually suggested that he would have been having had his heart set on Liverpool initially and then Liverpool essentially saying, no, we don't want you because of money. Um, He apparently would have been happy to give Leipzig another year and wait for Liverpool. But Leipzig need the money because they're not seeing enough energy drink. Yeah, nobody's going out to bars and paying <laughs> ten pounds for a uh, vodka for red bull. bull. Yeah, um, it's, oh, it's remember vodka red bull. <laughs> it's a it strange a situation time. because yeah, he. Um, I think it, the overtures from Liverpool and vice versa. You know, he's talked about how Liverpool were the best team in the world, and he it was very much a loving until, as you say, Liverpool seemingly pulled out and kind of said, no, we're not as interested. And I do wonder how much of that is down to the fact that a club like Real Madrid, for example, could potentially have been surfing around someone like Mo Salah or Sadio Mane with the idea of taking them away. So they were sizing up potential replacements for that front three. And if that previous move has has fallen through or doesn't look as likely, perhaps they've gone a little bit lukewarm on the prospect of spending 50 to 53 million uh, pounds on, on a player that let's be honest is very very talented obviously but you can't see how he's going to hold down a place in that front three given the, the way that they've played in the last two years um, whereas Chelsea they've got Tammy Abraham but and Mishy Batshuayi, but they don't actually have like a defined number one, you know, stellar name to lead the line. So to them spending 54 million on a seemingly guaranteed amount of goals, whether that's kind of up into the twenties or the, the teens is probably a solid investment, but yeah, it will be interesting because he, he certainly didn't have a very good game this weekend. I know you shouldn't judge a player on, on one showing, but he, um, he certainly looked a little bit disappointed with, um, with the, the lack of Liverpool, move if his performance uh, at the weekend's anything to go by but yeah I'm excited to watch him in the Premier League um he's one of those players that's often been linked with a move to England so yeah I guess we're about to find out what um what he can do yeah outside of a, a Red Bull shirt it should be noted again that uh Red Bull claim not Red Bull that's not their name sorry Russian Bull Ru- not Red Bull Leipzig, yes RB RB have said that they haven't even had contact from Chelsea yet but from the Chelsea side, it sounds like they're just going to pay the fee and then he'll be theirs because they've already agreed terms with the player. Yeah. Um, I did want to ask you... It's the release clause thing, isn't it? So they don't, right. they don't even have to Contact negotiate with the club. Yeah, there's no right. fee. Deposit the, yeah. deposit the fee in the right bank account or whatever. Yeah. Does that seem a bit low, 50-odd million? Like, I don't know how it does the now. kind of release clause... Well, I've just, I'm just thinking how long has it been there and why didn't they up it? Like, a lot of players... I thought he signed a new deal last year. Well, if they upped it to 54 million, they obviously don't value him that highly or they thought they might need the money at this point. It's probably all that he would commit to if it had been like... Yeah, maybe maybe so he wouldn't have signed. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, Mm. maybe that was it. And kind of, it's the one-year deal of like, look, if you agree that if we get X amount, then you can stay. Yeah, that's fair enough. It just... I've always thought it seemed a little bit low considering he's such a highly talented player and we've seen release clauses that are a lot more than that based on kind of his potential and stuff. Then Mm. I thought maybe they could get a bit more for him. But again, it could be that situation of, you know, he would only sign if it was a bit more of an attainable fee for a a large proportion of elite clubs, basically. Yeah. He also signed in 2016 from Stuttgart and I suspect that the, that the, um, the buyout clause was sort of, rolled over when he renewed he must have renewed for a year maybe i'm not entirely sure of his contract details but i, I suspect back in 2016 50 odd million was a quite quite a big sum and um i, I guess they're still going to make good money on him aren't they i mean hmm. yeah i think they're still getting eight ish because somebody's talking about Tottenham bid 10 million euros back when he was still at stuttgart and that they're still going to get 80 percent of that with him having not been there in a while um but he was 10 million when he was bought so um gotcha. they're making a lot of money on him so hmm. yeah fair uh, enough well john i'm going to bug you with a thing but don't panic 
is to explain a thing that we should probably understand, but don't. So James, that replaced me on that show that you guys thought was so much better because I wasn't here. That's one of the series. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, he said that Timo Werner going from Stuttgart to Leipzig to Chelsea is really kind of fitting, isn't it? And I don't get it, but is this a dig at Chelsea so that I can thoroughly enjoy it? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure why it's fitting either. Um, so if if you have any suggestions, then I'll be happy to listen. To oh, them. I genuinely like don't know. I didn't know if Stuttgart had like a history golf. of themselves <laughs> buying players, and then RB Leipzig have a history of buying players, and Chelsea have that thing ever since Scott Parker of just buying players that maybe they don't need immediately. And I was hoping to just make some comment about that, but I guess it just doesn't make sense, and I'll slag them for Twitter on it. Well, Leipzig, Leipzig have a, a sort of age limit uh, on their transfers of, I think, it's 23 years. If they bring anyone in who's not already in their academy, they can only buy under 23 years, something like that. And Chelsea obviously have their history of loan signing, so I don't know whether it was a reference towards, to, to that. Okay, well, I, I thought I wasn't should... putting you on the spot, but turns out it didn't make as much sense as I thought it did. <laughs> now, I want to know how I did on this gosh darn quiz. Well, I, I think first we should... Um make a regular feature of the show, get John to explain the meaning of someone else's tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, was, that was really good. I actually want to do a Kev uh, before we do the quiz results. Uh -oh. um, so on Timo Werner, John, is there any sort of speculation about what Leipzig are going to do with the money? It's obviously going to be a, a big boost to their budget. Are they going to go and get like a direct replacement or spread it around the team? Is there speculation about what they're going to do? Yeah, I've not really heard anything on this front, but I mean, they, as I've said, they they have got this nominal under twenty three um, purchasing rule that they they nominally abide by. Um, but there have, there's been a few players who they've sort of broken the rules for in weird ways, and they brought in Kevin Campbell, who was twenty seven at the time, but I think he might have been there when he was younger, and so they were able to get around it that way. So I don't know whether or not when it comes to this sort of level, when you're when you are a, an elite team now in the Bundesliga after however many years, eight years, whether or not you just throw that that transfer model in the bin and just say, well, you know, we're never going to be able to keep up with things, uh, or whether or not you just keep going with it and say, look, let's try and find a replacement from from um, a, a small market in Europe or a youth team somewhere around Europe and then hope that we can make the same sort of return on on him that we've made with um, with Werner. But is it, the interesting thing here is that obviously they're owned by Red Bull, so money shouldn't really be that much of an issue, I don't think. I mean, it's not the case that they are running a football club in order to make profit they're they're using it as a branding exercise right so um i, I have no idea what they're going to what they're going to do with it i suspect they've got someone lined up uh, and i suspect that someone will be someone who we don't expect and yeah. also that they'll do very well as well they've, so, had, they've had plenty of notice i suppose haven't they like Werner almost went last year mm. it's been on the cards that he might go this year um, there's a chap at Salzburg who's scoring a load of goals, so he's replaced Haaland, doesn't he? It might be a bit soon for him. Is it Dakar? 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 Yeah, that's right. African chap, so that'll go for him. Um, but yeah, let's let's do the quiz results. I cut you off to ask John a question. Sorry, Kev. You know what? Antagonizing John with really absurd questions <laughs> and putting him on the back foot immediately is my thing, and I don't appreciate you co-opting it. But... <laughs> John, now that I have done said instigating, please tell me I did well on this quiz. I don't know how. I don't know what your answers oh, are. Yeah. So we're going to have to run through. Asking him more questions, he doesn't know the answer to. My polite request: I did a quiz on Friday night, and one of the rounds, when we came to the answers, the guy wasn't reading the answers out in the order of the questions. So, like. What's what's going on? <laughs> we supposed to just match these up ourselves? Okay, okay. So, that's the real so, quiz. Though. So it's I guess read us the questions again, and then Jim and yeah. I will each give our answers, and then we'll find yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. and um, keep your own I, scores. Okay, I, I can keep go. I can okay. count. Yeah, okay. But be honest, Kev. Okay. <laughs> I love that it's KF getting the accusations <laughs> of cheating already. It's because I'm American, isn't it? Oh, this is profiling. You were so, and profiling you were so is wrong. Questioning the uh, the rules that you thought you could cheat, that it made it sound like you really wanted to. <laughs> right, so question one. The Olympia Stadion is the ground of which team in the Bundesliga? Hertha Berlin. I Kev? if we're if we're going with full honesty, I just wrote Berlin. Didn't know which one. <laughs> I, I think half a point for Berlin because there's two Berlins. Okay. Cool. I'm happy to. Yeah. But what about Anne Berlin? 
Um, question two. Um, Bayern Munich have won the Bundesliga Championship 29 times. Who is the second most frequent winners? Dortmund, I went for. <sighs> yeah, me too. But then Jamie said his thing, but he said it after, and I didn't think I should change mm. it. Yeah, the Dortmund are the third most frequent winners. Yeah. They've won it eight, eight times. There is a team called FC Nuremberg, who are based in Nuremberg, who have won it nine times. So wow. the, the answer is one FC Nuremberg. Nope. Schalke <laughs> are from which city? Gelsenkirchen. Yeah, you know, with yeah. Yep. Gelsenkirchen. Good. Um, the next question is, which ground is the largest in the Bundesliga? West Stadion. I went for. Yeah, uh, I went with the Bay Arena because they're the best club in all of Germany and so <laughs> assuredly have the biggest stadium. I did not know. <laughs> it is it is the, the Westfalen Stadion, which is now called Signal Duna Park, uh, which is Dortmund's ground. Yeah. Oh, right, because they have that gigantic yellow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I should have yellow known that. <laughs> Which club has a live goat for a mascot? Cologne, Cologne right? Yeah, that's right, Cologne. I knew that because of Kevin Vimmer. Don't ask me why that's why I know. <laughs> wow. Rather than the weeks and weeks of Bundesliga football that you've just watched. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so, yeah, the question, how many consecutive league, league titles have Bayern Munich won, which doesn't include the current one because, as Jamie says, they haven't won it yet. I thought it was seven because we've discussed this quite recently, but now I'm doubting myself on whether it's eight and I've got that wrong. I think it's seven going on eight. The year that the Bundesliga was, it was first well. played. I think we should have a point for nearest here. Yeah, I think that's good. Ooh. Okay. So, I, now, Kev, do you want me to go first so that you can have an opportunity <laughs> just to go one either side and then second point? <laughs> uh, it's a dirty trick, but Kev is losing, so I will also do the dirty trick. Okay, you know. cool, I'll go first. I went 1965. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that is so far away from mine. <laughs> <laughs> now Kev's not sure if I've got it so badly wrong, whether he needs to go oh. or below. What are you going to do, Kevin? You're going to change your mind? Oh dear, no! I I put 1901. My theory being, I don't think I've seen any clubs with zero one, but I've seen a lot of clubs with zero something. Uh, and now I fear I'm more than half a century mm. off. Jim was actually incredibly close, right? Yeah, that's right. Oh. Um, the the reason you're getting confused is because the the Bundesliga starts um, after the teams are founded. Um, so the, the, the Bundesliga was founded in uh, 1963. Jeez. Oh, God um, damn it. You nailed it, Jim. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Oh, but Price is Right rules. He went over. I'm closest. I'm not sure he claim a moral victory being 64 <laughs> years off the actual answer. Yikes. So, yeah, pretty close there. That's impressive. Yeah. It's not over, but Jim is two and a half points ahead with three questions left. So. You don't know. <laughs> As uh, the next question, I think both of you uh, were umming and ahhing over. So the Jurgen Klopp question: where, where was the club where he started his managerial career? I thought it was Mines, but I'm not sure. I went Kev? with Jamie's beloved Augsburg because they seem bad yeah. and like they would have been in the Bundesliga too around then. It is, in fact, Mainz. <sighs> wow, Jim is much better at this than me. Yeah, Jim at the start of the quiz said, oh, I'm going to get them all wrong. You give me too much credit. And he's absolutely smashing it. This is where it stops. I've definitely not got this next one right. I've just yeah, got so a question mark, so I'm just going to guess. So the, the Bundesliga club, which Kevin Keegan played for in the in the 70s and 80s and actually won the European Cup, I think, with. Um, so. Oh, Jesus, that changes things. Well, I'm still going to guess. Um, the, the, I'm not, I don't think they've won the European Cup, but Wolfsburg, I put, it's definitely wrong. Kev? Okay, so I might actually know this only because I watched a video that was like Hamburg Legends, and I think he was briefly in it uh, alongside Van der Vaart and Hyungman's son, uh, who both ended up at Tottenham. Uh, Kevin Keegan, less You would so. be correct. Yes! Yeah, you're correct. Hamburg. Um, they, they, I think they lost to, was it Nottingham Forest? In 80, and then won it in 81 against the Swedish team, maybe Malmo. I'm not sure, but don't quote me on those. Don't know, but I um, think that one gets me two extra points so that it's interesting going <laughs> yeah. into the last one, or we run into a real <laughs> Bayern situation and Jim's won it way before it mattered. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, so the final question is how many teams compete in the Bundesliga? We should maybe put this one up th- further up there. The running order seems a bit easier than some of the later ones. But yeah, how many teams is... 18. 18, famously. 18, right. Cool, so scores on the doors. Jamie? Uh, well, Jim won, and I think Kev was a point and a half I behind. got five and a half. Two and a half points behind. So Jim ended up with eight, therefore matching my total and... Kev didn't do very well at all. Um, well, I'd, pre- I'd prepped a tiebreaker, so I think we should do it anyway. Sure. All right, yeah. Realize that was a minute of to see if I would have closed the gap a little bit. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if John knows the answer to this, but John might be able to play along as well. Uh, mentioned earlier in the show that Lewandowski's chasing down Gerd Muller's record for goals in a season. Muller is also the all-time Bundesliga record goal scorer. But how many goals did he score? In oh. the Bundesliga. I think you... Oh, total? Yeah. Total. Oh, no. Nope. So it's 40, in, 40 was the record for the season, but how many in total? <laughs> Is this just closest um, to again? Nearest to the ball, yeah. And it's from 427 games, if that helps. I mean, kind of. All right. I have a, I have a random won... number that I've come up with. It says here he won the top scorer prize five times. Okay. That's pretty good. Kev, do you want to go first? 380. Jim? I was going to go closer to like 310. John? I I have, I have looked this up when I was preparing for the quiz, so I don't think it would be <laughs> fair for me to answer. <laughs> fair enough. Well, the answer is 365, so Ooh. Jim won the tiebreak as well. Wait, what? Um, he was at 310. Yeah, he won, didn't he? Oh, I was sorry. at 380. I can confirm. <laughs> yeah, 6.5. So I only lost by 1.5 or... Yeah, 1.5 total. That's a Pyrrhic victory for me. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. I uh, got your answers mixed up in the notes that I didn't make. <laughs> that one. Uh, so, yeah, if you've done the quiz at home and beat Jim's score of 8 out of 10, please let us know. You can get in touch by tweeting us at Bundesliga Pod, as always. We'll round off the show talking about some upcoming matches, midweek games again, but it's DFB Pokal is back and an amazing story with this John because one of the games involving Kev's Bayer Leverkusen is going to be against a team from the fourth tiers. This is the first time this has ever happened, isn't it? That someone from so far down has got to the semi-finals. Yeah, it's an interesting one, the, the Pokal, because it's sort of played as a as a straight knockout tournament. So it starts off like I got the 64 teams and the first round is always quite interesting because you get a lot of the big teams struggling against these uh, lower table clubs. Um, but yeah, this time around, um, FC Saarbrücken have got a long way and they're playing against um, Leverkusen. Um, so that should be a fun uh, game uh, just to watch to see whether or not Leverkusen can, can deal with the pressure of playing in a game they really should be winning. Um, so that, that that will pit them probably against Bayern Munich in in the final. Bayern are playing against Frankfurt, I believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's Frankfurt, yeah, 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 it's Frankfurt. I did look up uh, something about FC Saarbrücken. Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, <laughs> but obviously, they're in the fourth division. But did you know that they are in that league uh, alongside the second teams for Mainz, Hoffenheim, and Freiburg? John's beloved Freiburger are down there. Well, we're not doing the quiz anymore, so if you're still trying to win bonus points. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we, all know, to get extra credit by, uh, as we all know, as we all know, can lead the, their division with a goal difference of 34, 55 total points, 52 goals scored, 18 yeah. conceded. Uh, and their leading scorer in the competition is Gillian Jürker. Sure. Yeah, well, uh, actually interesting, rather than just reading off whatever <laughs> web page you've got um, The goalkeeper saved five penalties in the last round's game, four in the shootout. Um, but the difficult thing for them in this game, Jim, is that their season hasn't resumed. So these players haven't played for three months, and John might be able to confirm, but they might not even be pro at that level. So yeah, it's, essentially it's gonna, not, I guess, that far down. You're talking like League, be, league yeah, 2 level. It's going to be incredibly difficult, but if they were to pull it off, this would be even more incredible. I'm trying to think of what, what would be like the equivalent in, in, in England if this was to happen. I mean, I don't... Oh. Sorry, John, go on. 
I was going to say, I'm not entirely sure how the leagues work because they, I mentioned, I think I mentioned it before that it's regional, the, isn't it? Yeah, so. the pyramid breaks down very quickly in, in Germany and spreads out. So, um, and actually, I, I read through the, the, the rules for who's included in the tournament, the first point, and it was so complicated, I just had to stop reading. So, um, I have no idea what, what level they're actually playing at and what the football looks like at that level, I'm afraid. Yeah, well, they're definitely fourth tier, and I think their season has been halted permanently but will stand so they are going to be promoted into the third tier um but yeah it's such a difficult game for them jim the biggest game of their lives probably and they've not played for three months it's it feels a bit harsh really yeah it does and i guess from a i know they've been promoted and stuff but i guess from a financial point of view it would have been a real money spinner if they'd have been able to play it with fans as well you know it's like the you often yeah. hear of like an FA Cup quarterfinal or even a semi-final, but even even a quarter round, a quarterfinal or a late round knockout pays for a club of that size's entire season, sometimes more, and they use the money to redevelop their stadium or whatever because they've managed to to sell out a big stadium or or get a big audience in. So, yeah, it's a real shame that it's behind closed doors, and you just don't. I guess it makes them a really unknown quantity because you're not sure. You can't even scout them very effectively, I guess, because you've got like a three month gap where they've not played. So you can't even really say for any with any certainty how they're going to approach it um, based on what's happened. So it's um, it will certainly be an interesting watch. I guess, I mean, they'll be fresh, but you don't know how much they've trained. Like if they're if they are a semi-professional club or not full time professionals, then they might well have not been able to train because I guess elite sport is exempt a lot of the time from the social distancing rules, for example, if you apply it to what England are doing or the UK, you're still not allowed to play football with, in like local parks and, and smaller grounds. So th- there's a very real chance that we're rolling in with no training under their belts either, like let alone match practice. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. I'm actually really looking forward to this game because it's going to be something completely different from the, the Bundesliga games that we've seen, which, although we are beginners, it's football that is still recognisable to us, and this is completely out of the ordinary. How often do you see fourth-tier teams playing elite teams at this stage of a competition? It's very, very rare. Um, so with all this in mind, Kev, how are you going to cope with the embarrassment if, if Leverkusen don't get the job done? Oof, yeah, it's going to be really <laughs> interesting going from Bayern Munich to this, although two consecutive table toppers, um, just in very <laughs> different leagues, obviously. Probably not um, that much other things in common between <laughs> Barbrocken and Bayern Munich. Yeah, um, but yeah, obviously you'd, you'd be hoping for the win. We'll be very embarrassed if it's a loss. Um, I'm wondering if Kai Havertz would even be tested in, in this match. But, I mean, you have to respect them because of how far they've gotten in the competition. But you're also in the middle of, of chasing the Champions League spot. So it's going to be really interesting to see what the team sheet is. Obviously, the match itself will be interesting. But I'll be just as interested in what happens uh, when the team news comes out an hour beforehand. Yeah, Havertz might not play, but it might be a good chance for Florian Verts to play. Yeah. Yeah, it would be great for him. Also, Voland hasn't started yet since the restart, so I'll be interested to see him get some minutes. Yeah, Leverkusen obviously um, in the hunt for for Champions League football, but getting to a cup final is always a great thing. So I'm sure they'll be prizing that one um, as a as a big thing to go for. Just to touch on the other semi final, like you said there, John, Bayern against Eintracht Frankfurt. You see Frankfurt causing Bayern any problems there? Bayern presumably got eyes on the treble at this point. Yeah, I can't say anything other than Bayern just steamrolling them, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I think they, they still consider the, the treble with the Champions League included as well within their grasp. Uh, and they're going to do everything I think they can to to, to really achieve that. So, yeah, it's going it's to there's some really interesting things going on around Europe in terms of teams who aren't playing, who will then later on be playing football, right? So uh, PSG is like a classic example of that. If the Champions League is played, then they won't have done any, their, their league is finished and they won't, and it won't be resuming. So they're going to be in a weird situation where they sort of have to train for like a summer competition, which is yeah. which is going to be fascinating to see as well. So um, this, the, the Saarbrücken game could be a really interesting one just as a, as a sort of taster for that. That's a good point. I wonder if um, in France they're thinking that Ligue 1 was maybe called off a bit too soon. And for Bayern, the flip side will be that their season's over. If they're talking about playing the Champions League in August, they will have then had a few weeks off um, and then have to kick off again. So all these things to to look out for in the coming weeks. We'll obviously look back at the Pokal 
um, semi-finals in the next show. We're going to do a midweek show this time, but Kev, do you want to tell everyone about liking, subscribing, sign up to our YouTube channel, all that stuff? We don't have actually have a YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know I, I, mean? I don't think we have one of those. You kind of <laughs> led me into a trap there. Um, so yeah, no, no, you, no YouTube channels from us yet. You know, we we got to get that follow count up on Twitter before we even entertain something like that. But uh, yeah, you can subscribe on Acast or iTunes or Spotify. Uh, you can probably search us elsewhere. I'd imagine that it's being pushed other places as well. But those are the three that I actively know about. Uh, so yeah, uh, be sure to subscribe to us there. Also follow us on Twitter at BundesligaPod. And just keep an eye out for any tweets from EPL Index or EPL Roundtable, who are the ones that push out this show via their Twitters as well. Yeah, and if you've got any questions, comments, feedback, etc., please don't be afraid to get in touch. If you've got an idea for something you want us to discuss on the show, um, we are all ears. So, yeah, tweet us at Bundesliga Pod is probably the best way to do that. You can also get us all individually. My Twitter is Jamie Smith Sport. Kev, you can get at Kevrov. Jim is Jim Knight Tweets. And John is John underscore McKenzie, presumably because there's lots of other John McKenzies out there. So, couldn't get his own name. What a bummer! Yeah. I don't actually know if that's true. I, I I think it might have just been suggested to me. I joined, joined Twitter fairly early, but maybe there is. Maybe there's some John McKenzie out there who has the dream handle. That's homework for for next week. I only brought it up because some I was an early adopter for Twitter as well, and someone has been squatted on Jamie Smith without using it for nine years. Yeah, same with Kevin DeVries. <laughs> I think everyone has that. Everyone has that story that there's yeah, just someone out there with the dream. Yeah, I've got quite a name. I'm surprised someone's got Kevin DeVries. That's a yeah. Um, anyway, shall we finish the podcast? Let's finish the podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, like I said, we'll have a midweek episode out. We'll try and record straight after the cup semi-finals. That should be out Wednesday, Thursday, depending on where you live in the world. But that's it for now. Thanks to everyone who's joined. And if you've listened, thank you as well. We'll be back very soon. Thanks again. This has been Bundesliga for Beginners. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.